Hello, Roadmen, and welcome back to another A1 show. Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. We're back again. As I said last time, I may look at up in that cadence to twice a week, because the once a week, I don't know, it just feels like it's too long without chatting to all you lovely Roadmen. Uh, so I am looking at certificates we just had printed, and this is to certify the authenticity this document hereby confirms that, insert name, is an honorary roadman. Welcome to the club. They're going out in the post to select roadmen. Uh, they are just a, a little badge of honor for our clients and our customers, people who are exhibiting the traits. I'm going to sit down one of these days. I'm going to write what a roadman is. It's kind of a... It's a, it's a gender neutral term, but it's just kind of someone that goes about their business, gets their stuff done, is serious about their training, is serious about, you know, listening to better emerging science over oil gossip and whispers and someone who prioritizes that pursuit of health, happiness and longevity over somebody who's, you know, less stimulated by such pursuits and is more of a you know, gossip column monger, obsessed with the news type of character. But yeah, I, I haven't quite figured out exactly what the definition definition is, as you'll hear from that blurb. But I will sit down and I will uh, write an old definition, a roadman manifesto, if you will, very soon. So I want to talk today about two topics. I'm going to talk about sleep which I'm going to talk about first because I'm going to go and give you guys some really actionable steps on how you can improve your sleep, how you can beat jet lag, some sleep supplements if you're struggling with sleep, and why you will die if you aren't sleeping seven to nine hours a night. So definitely don't miss the start of that. And then I'm going to finish off the podcast and I'm going to talk about... Last week I announced I was uh, going for gold in Tokyo on the tandem and so what happens when you take a goal that's that big how do you break it from such a huge goal into smaller steps manageable steps how do we model success how do we create mind maps the importance of planning your day looking at you know tony robbins success leaves clues is his quote looking at how we use that and uh, a bunch of other stuff i'm also going to announce a new resource that i have available so it's a busy old podcast so let's jump in so before we do i'd like to just give a shout to our a1 strength and conditioning plan our a1 strength and conditioning plan is our show sponsor so for a long time i was bouncing around gyms and personal trainers and i was trying to put together a hodgepodge of maybe this will make me better uh going to the gym doing the same thing going to the gym taking a bit of one personal trainers program a bit of another personal trainers program <clears throat> stuff that i didn't know at the time that strength and conditioning programs needed to be periodized didn't know it that strength and conditioning programs they need to be specific for cycling specificity we can't do the same stuff that other people can do if we're doing a squat it needs to be adapted for cycling everything needs to be cycling specific another thing i didn't know just generic plans out of the gym or your personal trainer you're going to add bulk and we need to stay light lean responsive for all these reasons we put the head down through a bunch of resources at it talk to a bunch of physiologists top strength and conditioning coaches world tour riders world tour coaches collaborated with our coaches and we put together a sensational strength and conditioning plan it's a complete video series demo on how to do every single exercise and it's a 
12-week periodized strength and conditioning plan where you'll get to the gym twice a week, take you 45 minutes to an hour, but it will give you the foundation for success that you need going into next season. So uh, keeping that a show sponsor for the next few weeks just because it's so essential. Like it's stupidly cheaper. It's like 49 quid or something. It's less than the price for a personalized trainer. Like I should have been charging 350 or something like that was the recommended price when we stacked it all together. But I just wanted everyone to get access to this because it's going to be the foundation upon which we're going to build a lot of our success this season. So if you stick with me on the podcast, I'm going to unlock these little secrets and we have a big announcement coming in the next few weeks a little bit of a as i said the podcast listeners you guys have a little bit more of an insight into this kind of pivot because we're going more down the biohacking direction and we're trying to you know serve the guys who are worth serving and guys and girls who are worth serving and giving you guys access to the information you need and you know if somebody else is looking for more of a you know a a gcn type tabloid look at training information you know this podcast won't be for them uh so uh, we will alienate some people, but we will hopefully strengthen the resolve of those listeners who are uh, into their biohacking, who are into using cycling as a tool to live longer, using cycling as a tool to be healthier, using cycling as a tool to be leaner, to be happier. So let's jump in. Why do we sleep? That's kind of the overarching topic. And I think a good place is to look at how I sleep. How much do I sleep? So I'm typically looking to sleep eight to nine hours minimum. And that's broken up as a nighttime sleep and a nap. So I'll typically get in a 45 to 60 minute nap each day. And I know we've a lot of high achieving listeners, whether they're high achieving in sport or they're high achieving in personal life, uh, be it career or be it spirituality or the arts. And there's this myth, I call them the sleepless elite, where it's it's not a myth. They actually, if you're to be if they're to be believed, they do it, and I do believe them. Like your Barack Obamas, your Donald Trumps, uh, some of your famous CEOs, and they talk about how they only sleep four hours a night, they sleep five hours a night, and I I don't have any reason to disagree with them. But what I will say is, you can absolutely guarantee unless they're part of one very small niche group i think it's like one in a million uh people that can get through the necessary sleep cycles they need inside of four hours a night it's like they've accelerated sleep cycles it's a gene that you can have but it's like one in a million rarity so by and large you can almost guarantee that these people on the four to five hour sleepless elite some aspect of their life is suffering some there's atrophy in some aspect of their life so you know sleep uh, reduction in sleep or down at those sort of hours results in a reduction in creativity so their creativity is suffering you can guarantee that inflammation is just running rampant throughout their body and their muscles or that they're just not getting the brain regeneration they need they mightn't have all those uh they mightn't have all those traits but they will have some of them like it has taken us an extraordinary amount of time in humanity like if you look back at the history of humanity it's taken us 3.6 million years for our, our our evolutionary system to kick in and say yes we need eight hours sleep but in the last hundred years we've managed to erode quite a portion of that so for 3.6 million years 
it took us and our body said, you know what, it needs eight hours sleep. It's a natural amount it gravitated towards. And we've knocked 20% off that in the last 100 years, which is absolutely mental. And when you think about it, I'm going to dive into why some of the reasons are, but just one of them. If you're sleeping five to six hours a night, your testosterone levels are the same as someone 10 years your senior. And testosterone, we know, is so key to performance. Uh, Matt Walker, if anyone hasn't read it, it's a fascinating book on why we sleep. Matt Walker went through a study where he looked at rats and he didn't carry out this study. I'm not sure how I feel about these studies on rats, but this one's particularly cruel. I know we got a study on something, uh, studying on rats. And this one was every time a rat got to sleep, they devised this extraordinarily cruel contraption that meant every time they got to sleep they were woken up and the rats died inside three weeks of sleep deprivation so it just shows you how toxically bad it is and the main reasons they were dying off it was you know you could split them into two camps nearly it's the cellular reorganization was just wasn't happening and it wasn't getting the body repair that it needed so when we talk about the cellular reorganization, what I'm talking about there is whether it's humans or uh, rats, uh, every day we're taking in hundreds of thousands of messages. And at night, our body has to make sense of where to decode these, where to group them, where to put them so we can access them again. We need to see if what stuff we're going to discard, what stuff we're going to make available, and then what stuff we're going to make available and accessible. Because just because something's available doesn't mean it's accessible. The like kind of example I like to illustrate that is if we have a dream and it's perfectly vivid at the time, but then you wake up and you can't remember that dream. But the dream is stored somewhere. It's available, but it's not accessible. Now you might see like you know sort of a bus a week later, and on the side of the bus you'll see a message triggers the dream, and now all of a sudden it's accessible again. It just you hadn't filed it away in the correct directory. So you, your body just hadn't prioritized it. But unless we take time at night to be completely motionless and still and sleep, essentially, we won't have time to get this cellular reorganization going on. So our brain just becomes this chaotic storage warehouse full of memories and information and photos and sounds. And what happens then, we run our storage space and we can no longer remember things. So it's very important. And then the second part of that's body repair, which I'm going to go into a, a bit. Uh, I'm going to go into deeper as we go through this podcast. But essentially, when we sleep, human growth hormone and testosterone are secreted. And they're so essential for performance and life. Uh, estimated costs of the sleep problem we have at the moment, it's $150 billion. That's insane. And that's like resulting from actual, you know, accidents, but also loss of productivity and stuff. But if you think about accidents, like some of the most popular, can you call accidents popular? No, I don't think you can. That was a, a Freudian slip. Uh, some of the most notable accidents in history. Uh, you could call the TV shows based on the accidents popular. So Chernobyl was largely down to sleep deprivation. Uh, again, a popular Netflix TV show. The Disaster at Three Mile Island. Again, sleep deprivation. And I'm not sure, was that Ferry to Concordia? Was that sleep element to it as well? I can't remember. Uh, I do vaguely remember something about it, but I couldn't swear to it. Um, it takes us three times longer to repair damage when we're awake. Damage from exercise, I'm talking about when we're awake than when we're asleep. Uh I have some stats here which are pretty amazing. 
uh, let me find them. I have some stats from the popular sort of longevity author and speaker, uh, Ben Greenfield. He's an interesting guy. Uh, if you have a chance to listen to some of Ben's stuff, uh, he is an interesting one. So he was talking about, uh, where on the hell is it? So here you go. Uh, so your maximum bench press drops about 20 pounds after four days of restricted sleep. So with proper sleep, tennis players see a 42% increase in hitting accuracy. Sleep loss means an 11% reduction in time to exhaustion. Take a second and think about that. 11% reduction in time to exhaustion. In a sport where we're looking at EPO uh, and condemning its use and, you know, on one hand condemning its use on, you know, moral grounds, but on the other hand sort of marvelling at the medical that is science. And it's given us about a 10% increase. And this is an 11% reduction in time to exhaustion of just sleep. Perceived exertion increases 17 to 19% after 30 hours of sleep deprivation. This is insane. And, you know, some of the top athletes that he mentions here is, you know, Roger Federer talking about he needs to sleep 11 to 12 hours a day or he just doesn't feel right. Uh, Jared Shoemaker, a pro triathlete, saying sleep accounts for half of his training. So I hope you're starting to build a picture here and just see how crucial sleep is that we just can't go without it so i'd say if you're a serious athlete and i don't know if any of us have fall into this grouping but if you're looking at a training weekly training volume in excess of 15 hours a week you should be shooting for 10 to 12 hours a night of sleep it's pretty significant well it doesn't have to be at night it can be broke up as sleep and a nap so i want to give you guys something tangible some tangible hacks to increase both because we're seeing more and more that sleep quantum matters the amount of sleep but also sleep quality matters so if i'm not sure if anyone got a chance we launched a program called win the morning win the day as part of our eight-week challenge if anyone was on the eight-week challenge and you haven't checked that out it's worth checking out but that was based around a lot of this stuff and so some of the things that you can do are light is super important so light regulates our circadian rhythm not entirely but it it plays a large role in it so if you look at if anyone doesn't know our circadian rhythm it's the natural rhythm at which we wake and sleep but it also it also leads to it leads to optimum times for doing certain things based on hormonal secretion levels so if you think about uh you know we'll typically start waking uh, as melatonin secretion stops melatonin is that kind of sleepy hormone melatonin secretion stops at around 7 30 a.m so we're most likely to have bowel movements around 8 30 p.m our highest alertness is at around 10 p.m our best coordination doesn't come in until about half two our fastest reaction times are 3 30 our greatest cardiovascular efficiency and muscle strength comes at around five o'clock and our so that's our grip strength and everything. If you're going to do a high-intensity session in the evening is the time to do it. If you're going to do a gym session, grip strength peaks around that time as well. So your evening. If you're a climber, your grip strength is evening. Uh, 
your melatonin secretion then starts at about 9 p.m and then bowel movements are suppressed coming into the evening that's again that's a ben greenfield uh, i was checking that diagram off and it's a really interesting one in his beyond training book um hormonal secretion largely determines our melatonin uh, levels and our sleep sorry hormonal secretion in the form of melatonin determines our sleep cycle quite a lot so in the morning we obviously want our sleepiness to be suppressed and that sleepiness starts suppression that sleepiness suppression naturally starts happening as i was saying when that melatonin secretion stops at around 7 30 a.m so then how do we let our body know and reset that cycle what actionable stuff can we do well think about us this when the sun starts coming up that's when that sleepy hormone starts to be suppressed so we want to expose ourselves to light you know even if it's five minutes of light super early in the morning i'm playing around but uh i think i'll do a full podcast on it if the topic or the area it falls under is called photobiomodulation and it's the exposure to res to near and far infrared light first thing in the morning i've been playing around with that but you don't have to get as biohacky on that the company makes that's called juve uh, i'm going to do a full deep dive podcast into that uh real soon but what you need to do is get outside in the light straight away first thing in the morning uh i would say also also you want to be if possible not woken by an alarm clock it's like getting woken by a slap in the face or someone trying to bucket of water over you it spikes cortisol levels straight away and it's a very unnatural way to wake you know there's an alarm clock called a sunrise alarm clock which gradually just gets brighter and that kind of mimics ancestrally how we would have woke up that's a brilliant way to do it um so that's one tip i would give for the morning ditch the alarm clock get exposure to light in the form of the sunrise alarm clock or getting outside when you get up uh, or when the morning when the day focuses on a number of different things uh, i won't go into them all now but dark is another one we can start doing so at night we obviously want that serotonin production uh, to work in our favor and we're looking for melatonin secretion to start so that typically starts about nine o'clock but we can have inhibitors to that so melatonin secretion is melatonin is kind of our sleepy hormone it's going to make us drift off into the land and nod but ancestrally if you think about it when the sun started going down our body knew it was time to secrete this hormone to make us sleepy but now the sun goes down outside but what happens you flick on the ipad you flick on the phone you flick on the tv you have these led lights all over the house so the secretion of our sleepy hormone doesn't happen so how do we counteract this blue light blocking glasses is the way so once the sun starts going down throw on a set of blue light blocking glasses the company i'm using at the moment is called amberware cheap and cheerful well worth getting i wouldn't even say well worth getting absolutely essential to get you could also change out your led light bulbs for your old school halogen style light bulbs they're not as energy efficient but the frequency of light they're using is a lot more beneficial uh, to your eyes to your retina and I, I might even do a full podcast on light bulbs because it's a super detailed topic blackout curtains in your bedroom as well it was a study in denmark i think it was about even a sliver of light coming into your bedroom and that has a profound impact on your mental health over a long enough period of time sound is another thing you can really use to hack your environment so 
the, the idea is so the app I use for it's actually called Brain FM. So we spend most of our time in the beta brainwave phase, but we can manipulate this brainwave phase either to sleep or learn stuff. So say if you want to, if you want to augment and enhance your ability to learn tasks, if you manipulate your brainwave phase from the beta phase into the alpha phase. You can perform much more elaborate tasks. It's easier to learn language. It's easier to learn musical instruments. It's easier to solve particularly difficult problems. You know, the one way, or the way you know most, or I'd speak about most of how we manipulate brain phases is when we meditate. When we meditate, we move into a dictator phase. And that helps us feel very relaxed. So Brain FM is an app that manipulates your brain wave phase so it'll change your brain wave phase up to either depending on your task if you're trying to learn something it'll give you one brain wave phase if you're trying to sleep it'll give you another but it's what athletes call in the zone it's when they're getting into certain brain wave phases it's what they're actually talking about there that's really worth experimenting with uh, if you're someone who doesn't like sleeping with headphones in because they hurt you you can use something like the cozy sleep phones are pretty cool just you can easily lie on your side in them you don't even know they're there a uh, couple of supplements that i would definitely recommend if you're traveling uh, the hammer caps are pretty cool they're valerian root and melatonin if you take them for like two three days kind of my rule is if you're traveling like I, so if I'm, it's a six hour time change, I'll take them for three days. If it's like a 10 hour time change, you're going to take them for five days after it. So take it for half the amount, divide the amount of hours difference by two and then take it for that amount of days. And it's Valeria, you don't want to, you don't want to take them for too long because it's melatonin is in the hammer caps. And what's going to happen then is it's going to uh, inhibit the production of your own natural um, melatonin which you don't want to do it's just not a good thing uh, they are a super super helpful uh, they're super helpful if you are struggling uh, to recalibrate after uh, long travel periods but if you're if you manage to stay away from light using your blue light blocking glasses change them bulbs out have the blackout curtains using something like your brain fm and then in the morning if you're waking kind of at sunrise or avoiding the alarm clock and right waking using the sunrise alarm and getting outside shortly after you're well on your way to seriously maximizing that sleep quality but another before i move on uh, away from sleep i want to talk to you about another uh, concept and it's called free running sleep and the idea with free running sleep is it's off the kind of the alarm clock one i just talked about there so we sleep until we need to wake is the idea we sleep we wake naturally when we're tired in the middle of the day we dripped off to sleep again obviously in post industrialization this is a lot more difficult than it was because people have to be places at certain times but your body will calibrate and get used to waking you up at certain times so if you have that luxury that you're self-employed and you can experiment with it for a little bit it's definitely worth doing because your body will start to calibrate and once it calibrates uh, you can then go full-on uh, sleep running so if you're doing sleep running with those other hacks i'm talking about you're absolutely golden the last thing i would say to you as well is uh, on sleep unfamiliar environment 
is a killer on sleep. So if you're having to sleep, if you have a choice between getting home and sleeping or sleeping in a hotel on the road, or you know, if you're someone who bounces around hotels a lot and you're wondering why you're so tired, when you're in an unfamiliar environment, only half your brain actually goes into the deep sleep. And the other half of your brain stays on like a, a detection mode. And if you think about it, this is actually quite, it's quite smart and it's quite obvious why it happens. This is a, it's a threat detection. It's an inbuilt security system that we have because when we're sleeping in unfamiliar environments, we didn't always know, you know, what threats lay around. And so we kind of had to sleep with that expression, sleeping with one eye open uh, is actually quite, quite accurate. And so it doesn't let us get into that full deep sleep with the with our full brain. So we don't get the cognitive and regeneration benefits when we're sleeping in unfamiliar environments. And you know all these things came down to our you know our, our Darwinistic genetic preselection on the people who did sleep fully got killed by lions or other gruesomely tragic deaths in the middle of the night. And so we genetically preselected to to be the half sleepers or the ones that are with us now. Um, minimize days away is my message to you on there this podcast is meaty today uh, i'm realizing it's running 25 minutes so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna continue anyway because i think this next topic it's short but it's well worth uh, it's well worth your attention for the next few minutes before i bounce any further i want to give a quick mention to our other show sponsor click funnels ClickFunnels are a class piece of software we're using for email autoresponders. We're using them for marketing funnels. It's a one-stop shop for all our, it runs our entire business. Sites built on it, uh, emails are delivered on it. It's full functionality to segment customers based on preferences, segment based on regions, segment based on purchasing habits. If you're a solo entrepreneur or an entrepreneurial firm under 100 employees, and you're not using this in your company, you're just leaving so much money on the table. So go and check that out. The good people at ClickFunnels, they're listeners to the show. So hello, everybody in Boise, Boise, uh, Idaho. Uh, and I am passing on from them with their kind regards a 14-day free trial to their software, which I will pop a link in the description down below. So last week I talked about wanting to stand on top step in Tokyo and how even saying that is, as I'm tr- going to say that sentence, I almost, I have to check myself because when I go to say it, I say, you know what, that doesn't sound very humble, that doesn't sound very you, you should maybe qualify that with all going well, hopefully I'll get on the podium, or equally vague language, but when we do that, we sabotage our full potential we give ourselves an out we open to our creative mind the possibility that you know if anyone's into quantum physics uh i'm not massively into quantum physics but i read occasionally on it and the emerging science which is pretty uh, recognized there on energy waves and we put out these sort of taut vibrations to the world leaving ourselves outs we're more likely to attract that into ourselves by having very definite language and purpose, we remove those possibilities and hidden goals become much, much more likely. So how we break that down, actually there's a good, uh, there's a good Mark Twain quote. Where did I find that? Let me see, I had it earlier. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Mark Twain, he's a good man. 
he's a noble man now sorry for the little bit of page shuffling if it's uh annoying the background but i wanted to get this mark twain quote for you because i was reading it earlier the secret of getting ahead is getting started the secret of getting started is breaking your complex overwhelming tasks into small manageable tasks and then starting on the first one so that's exactly what i want to talk to you about now so when you talk about standing on when i talk about standing on the very top step and taking a gold medal in the olympics in tokyo what does that mean okay so we break it down into small steps what has to happen equipment nutrition strength and conditioning mentality and then each of those gets broken down so we take equipment so we can break that down aerodynamics okay wind tunnel how many times do we need to get to the wind tunnel what wheels do we need to use what tires do we need to use do we have cash for those where are we getting funding from you break this down into a comprehensive list of smaller steps and then you break that down into daily to-do list so having one huge goal like that is just almost undoable i wake up on a monday morning and speaking of sleep i didn't even sleep brilliant last night for whatever reason back training cortisol levels are high i woke up with a cracker of a headache today and i'm trying to figure out now how do i stand the top step in tokyo and we reduced we talked about all the problems with a poor sleep so me this morning after a poor sleep um, it's just such an unmanageably big task you wouldn't know where to start with it but if i look at my daily to-do list I use an app called to do t-e-u-x-d-e-u-x to do i look at my daily to-do list and i know okay today i need to research and purchase wheels for the time trial that's a very manageable step and i know if i tick that off that tomorrow I have something else and once I have all these ticked off it'll take me to my ultimate goal so there's success modeling is what I like to call it so there's a, diff, a number of different ways you can success model Tony Robbins is famous for saying success leaves clues so model a person who's already achieved success find out what they took to get there and then work backwards from that you don't have to figure this stuff out on your own you know if you're going to figure it out on your own you're just wasting time that time of trial and error and this is where the coaching why i think it's so beneficial uh you know when i got started with cycling i had no idea what i was doing i got started in an age when what was i early 2003 2004 the internet was there but we didn't have the same resources we have today youtube wasn't developed out even search engines were still fighting with alta visa alta visa ask jeeves yahoo there were google hadn't figured out how to index pages properly like so you weren't getting good search results and i had to learn a lot of this stuff by trial and error but the result was my first four or five years i was pretty shit i didn't know what was going on i didn't know how the pros were training i had no access to this information so i spent years reading books figuring things out trial and stuff until i eventually found out hold on there's a system now i was lucky enough to stumble across this because i had some friends who i later bumped into through course of mischances and happen chance uh bumped into some guys who were world tour and they brought me under their wing and showed me this stuff and taught me the system as i now call it but without knowing this system i could have spent years more at it and that's what i'm saying to guys now why if you're going into the winter and you're thinking about getting coaching and you're not sure it's the absolute best purchase you'll make because what you're doing is you're drawn on the collective you're drawn on a bunch of people here that i want who've all made these mistakes and now we can guide you around them and we can you know if you've got if you're in the sport for a year if you're in the sport for two years like you'll have the same progression i had in six or seven years 
So that's one way of doing it, success model. And it's look for people who have succeeded and model what they've done to get there. Number of different ways you can do it. You can go to, you know, mentors like A1 Coaching, you know, the individual coaches here, or you can get books on stuff or another way people do, which is very difficult in something like coaching, but it does work in uh, some areas is you imagine yourself as already at the finish line, already on the podium, receiving that gold medal. And then you vividly recall working backwards all the steps you had to take to get there. It takes a lot of discipline. But what I advise if you're trying something like that, it's even worth doing as uh, an exercise. Um, do a day, do a, a mind map. And a mind map is essentially, it's a circle in the middle of a whiteboard and you say gold medal in Tokyo. And then from that, you put out a little spoke on a wheel and you connect it to nutrition. Then you connect one to equipment. Then you connect one to strength and conditioning. And then out of the nutrition one, you go, okay, current weight, desired weight, how do I get there? And you break everything into subcategories and then you further divide that into a daily to-do list. And there's actually a great book by Brian Tracy called Eat the Frog, 21 Days, 21 Ways to Stop Procrastinating. That's uh, worth a read if you're going down that mind mapping route. And the idea of eating the frog is when we look at our daily to-do list, and I'm looking across at mine now, and I've 10 things on my daily to-do list. Some of them are more difficult than others. What you need to do is tackle the most difficult task first. You'll, there's a couple of benefits for that. One, you're going to create this massive momentum for yourself. You've already knocked down the biggest task. And then secondly, uh, once you've knocked down that biggest task and you've created uh, once you've created that momentum, it's obviously going to be easier to knock down the easier tasks. Uh, but even if you stop early, you've got you've accomplished your main thing for the day. Your main task for the day was getting that one task done because if you kick it down the road till later, you know, stuff pops up, other things get in the way of it. And then you look back and you go, I didn't get the main thing I needed to get done done today. So eat the frog as soon as you get up early. Another great uh, idea from that book is planning your day the night before. A couple of benefits I find with this. This uh, links into the sleep one quite well because if you plan your day the night before, you have a clear mind going to bed. So it helps you sleep. You're not thinking, shit, did I pay that bill? Did I email him back? So you have a clear mind going to bed. I'd also set a 60 minute blackout time frame on before you go to bed, 60 minutes before you go to bed everything stops, you know, email stop, TV stops, unless you're wearing blue light blocking glasses, reading on your e-tablet stops, again, unless you're wearing blue light blocking glasses, but any sort of stressful activity stop. But also when you plan your day tonight before, back to this quantum physics idea of energy waves, that you will, it sounds a bit woohoo, but it's actually pretty hard, so it's not actually pretty hard science, it's the hardest science you can imagine. Uh, you'll activate your subconscious and it'll figure out creative solutions to these problems while you're asleep and you'll be your workflow will be way much way easier the next day when you actually start solving these problems so like if we were you know success the success idea of success model and it works in anything like you know how to win a bike race grand we'll find out who's done it work backwards did they have a coach what did they eat who coached them how many hours a week were they training what bikes were they on leaves clues but it works in every area of life you know how do i start and sell a company you know someone's done it how do I create a successful online marketing campaign? Someone's done it. How do I, you know, have the perfect relationship? Someone's done it. There's resources out there on everything. And you know, people will want to help you. 
you know, if you're wondering, you know, how to, you know, let's say start and sell a company, who's done that? And go and ask them because people help you. Like, you'd be surprised. I've asked so many times. I've had big asks of people that I thought would never even respond. I've asked them, how did you do that? How did you come about this success? How did you build this? Why did you go that direction? People love talking about themselves. You know, this is me doing a podcast, talking to myself like a madman in a room. People love talking and people specifically love talking about themselves. So they will help you. So ask. Most of us just don't ask because probably it doesn't occur to us. It's inconvenient to go and ask someone to do something. Also, we're putting ourselves out for rejection if we do ask them. But also what I think is we also sometimes we don't want the answer. It's there's a phenomenon, I think it I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's uh, when people serially consume information, they buy book after book, course after course, but they actually don't take action and use any of this stuff. You know, whether it's you know meditate, they do course after course on transcendental meditation, buy books, courses, chat with mentors, and they don't take action on. They don't you chat to them. You meditate now. I'm actually reading a book on you know the origins of uh, Buddhist monks. And they want to know everything about it before they get started. And the reason is because if they start and they fail, that's uncomfortable. But also just starting and doing something new is uncomfortable and people move away from pain. People will always move away from pain or towards pleasure. And this looks like pain to them. So they're moving away from pain. So I would encourage you to just ask. Like if you understand, like we talked about last week when we set a goal, we have fears we have considerations and we have roadblocks but once we understand that these are natural parts of goal setting now when we see them we don't treat these imposters on the road as shocks we're aware of them and we're prepared for them so in the exact same way when we go to ask somebody for help we should be aware that maybe we are rejected grand ask somebody else we should also be aware that when they do give us this advice it's going to be uncomfortable implementing it because it's not something we want to do like the advice isn't going to be do exactly as you're doing because you're on the right path. The advice is going to be something that worked for them that you're not currently doing. So that was a meaty one. I wanted to get those two topics in because they're interlinked and because I felt like last week I gave a lot of abstract advice and didn't make it actionable. So I wanted to talk this week about how you break it down and make it actionable. I had a couple of emails during the week. People seem to be I don't want to say fascinating, it's a bit of a strong word, but there's a lot of interest in the books I'm reading, the documentaries, I'm watching the podcasts, I'm listening to. So I've, uh, I did, I'm going to try and put together like an Anthony Recommend section of, you know, supplements I'm using, books I'm reading, movies I'm watching. And, you know, there's no, you know, no compulsion on you guys to watch, listen or read any of the same stuff I do. But some of you guys are finding it interesting. So I'll look to put that together in the next week or so. Uh, thanks for listening it's been a fun fun podcast and i will be back to you later in the week enjoy the roads